Well, uh, I don't have any more questions. I guess. Yeah, I think we're good to roll into a snack. Um, okay. You want to roll into a snack? Is weird oh, I forgot. I should probably well, we be the one doing that. We don't have a snack, but no, we can roll into it. Um, sorry for all the editing here. I guess it's actually me probably editing this. This sorry. one was you. Sorry, future KJ, for all this editing future here. KJ. <laughs> You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. It's your boys, KJ, Nathan, Patrick, here with another fantastic episode. Uh, this one is an interview, but before we jump into that, fellas, how are you doing? Doing well. Doing great. Nice. Everybody's uh, chill. It's a, <laughs> it's a Sunday evening as we're recording. Uh, got those, not not uh, Sunday scaries, but we're just just in a chill Sunday. place getting ready the for Sunday scaries. What's that? Yeah, it's when you hate your job and it's oh. Sunday night and you realize you have to go back to that job that you hate. Uh, right. and that's when you you're like oh my god i want to do literally anything else Th- those are the sunday scaries so but none of us have those we're all just chill because everyone loves their job right yeah that's <laughs> yeah. definitely true i'm enjoying my job right now exactly everyone in the whole world loves if their job eh. yeah. <laughs> look and do a new job if you're not <laughs> i give you permission go ahead okay nice. nathan <laughs> what does john chi mean Janchi means the feast, uh, and we are feasting and celebrating on our adoption heritage stories <laughs> and food items that we have never had before. Food so, items that we've never had, literally before. and figuratively. Have we done? We've done a couple. We've had a couple two timers, I think. Have we? Yeah, we've had uh, variations of a theme. Okay, so it'd be oh, like okay, here's a sense. version, and then here's a different flavor of said That's version. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, or true. here's a pepero stick and here's a pocky <laughs> stick and you tell me how they're different well yes I mean, you can never get <laughs> no too many difference. pepero there's like at least 10 different flavors that we still need to try I think so yeah uh, um, but yeah today as I'm sure that you can tell by the title we have an interview with Nicole Bury uh, and it's really fantastic she <laughs> classic John Chi fashion she filled out the form pre going to Korea and then we have caught her Six months after her trip to Korea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we promise we're doing better. It's just sometimes scheduling is hard, uh, especially across four time zones. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was a, a really fantastic interview. We talk about obviously her trip, but really just her whole time growing up in upstate New York, like far, far away from New York City, uh, the part that people don't maybe often think about. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, it was just a, a good time to hear. Her story, Patrick, and you know Nicole from online as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I did know Nicole. Um, we, I think, mutually followed each other on LinkedIn or Instagram first. One of the two. I don't know. Okay. Um, so I've been following her work and the stuff that she does, and then we met in person actually at the Unity March, which, as of this recording, was one year ago. And earlier oh, today. Wow. I was wearing the almost the exact same outfit that I was wearing that day. Like wow. on, the only thing that was different was the shirt, but it was a very Asian shirt that I was still wearing. So it was just a different, yeah, it was just Asian different shirt. variation shirt. So Patrick very only, Patrick only very has funny. three outfits. That's it. I actually <laughs> just, just got a bunch in. of new clothes, so I've got I got a couple new outfits. Y'all are gonna okay. be seeing when I get to Korea. Okay. Anyways, the, yes, the Jerry Wan black shirt only. <laughs> no, I've upgraded from black shirt only multiple shirts now. Oh, you're wearing colors. a black shirt right now. It's a very Asian shirt. It's fine. 
is what I was wearing. This is the shirt I was wearing last year. Hilarious. Uh, when I met Nicole. So, yes, did know Nicole uh, a little bit. And I was just going to say that I really resonated with a lot of the feelings that she described mm-hmm. having when she came back from Korea and like going through this process. And it was interesting to be able to ask her questions from like what she thought before and having now gone to Korea, come back and having moved a little bit further in her journey, like where she's at with all of that same stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that was my favorite part of the conversation um, or the parts that I really remember the most was just those feelings that she's talking about and that process that she's been on. Yeah, definitely. I feel like she had some good takeaways, some good things to do when when you're in Korea. Uh, if you go back to your country of origin for the first time and and do have those good feels, obviously not every adoptee does, but uh, if you do have those good feels, like you know, take like a, a recording or something like that. Like that, she just had like little little tips and tricks that I thought were um, were really fantastic. And she talked to about like just the way that that she moves through the world and, and wants to be uh, a giver and and someone who who supports community and supports relationships and things and so yeah it was a really really fantastic interview and we can't wait to share it with you so patrick roll that tape welcome back to the john chi show interview time we are here with another wonderful guest and it is uh it is that time for the interview Nicole Bury, thank you so much for for joining us. I know I probably said that we were starting the interview three, four times there, but you got um, it again right there. I know yeah. this, this is why you don't let me lead. So, well, I'm glad that I did. Nicole, how are you doing? Consistency is what matters, you know. So. This makes it interesting. I'm good. How are you guys? Great, doing All great. Right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on some East Coast time here. Yeah. No problem. As you may have heard our show, um, some the way we start all of our shows is essentially um, allowing you to tell us um, your story as little or as much as you'd like to, to tell us. And uh, the mic is yours. Sure. Um, so I was adopted when I was six months old. Um, from what I can tell, I was born in Busan. I'm not sure if that's exactly where I'm from, like mo- most of us went, um, no, but um, my parents were in upstate New York, so my friend Amanda, in growing up, her parents adopted her older brother, Chris, um, and then he was four years older than us. Then they were going through the process of adopting me, um, and they helped my parents adopt me, like, go through the paperwork. And then a couple years later, four years later, um, was my brother, Jason. So, like, we've had a nice little... We represented like the entire Korean population of my like school district for a while, so that was that was fun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and then you know, I, I, like I don't know. I feel like I've always known I was adopted. Like I never had. I know listening to some of the episodes, like some people are like, oh yeah, and then somebody told me, but like I always knew, so that wasn't like a hidden secret um, by any means. But um, upstate New York, like I'm outside of Albany. Uh, so mm. not the city, not a huge K town like everybody else <laughs> tends to think. When I say New York, they're like, "Oh, cool, it's so fun, pizza, apple." Um, like, no, not that part. Yeah, I'm like not that part. Go up further with the cows. I'm like, it's fascinating when everybody talks about New York. Like, you know, cities here, and like they're like, "Oh, Westchester's upstate, Hudson Valley's upstate." I'm like, "Yeah, keep going a couple hours." <laughs> that's, that's my area. It goes so. Further, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was good. I went to college in Connecticut, and like, I went to a university that was like relatively not diverse um and like going back there and in hindsight i wish that was something i thought about at the time but you know you're like 
17 years old looking at schools and you're just like, that's pretty campus. That's cool. So <laughs> you were like, huh, that's what a wasp is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, literally, like I was like, I don't know what a wasp means. And like um, the university I went to was like a little bit more. Uh, it was just a little bit different than what I was brought up to. But I remember like my first class uh, freshman year, somebody was like talking about what we did for our 16th birthday. And I was like, mm. oh, my mom took me to like the DMV. Like, isn't that what you do? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. I got a nose job. And I'm like, okay, we're in very different <laughs> lifestyles. Like very different lifestyles. What do you mean you summer places? I don't understand. We'd go on vacation. What do you mean you summer places? <laughs> what is your second house? Like, <laughs> Why do you wear so many yeah, wait, scarves what? around your, like tying, tying the knit sweaters? Stop like, Are it. your parents divorced? Is that how you have a second house? Oh, you mean you, you guys own another house? Cool, cool, cool. So... <laughs> Oh, and there's a lake there. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I lived in Connecticut for a while. Then I moved back to upstate New York just to be back with um, my family. My grandfather and my aunt had been in a nursing home and I was driving home all the time to see them. And I was like, I might as well just move back home instead of mm. like driving every weekend. But um, yeah, I don't know what that has to do with my adoptive journey. I went on a little tangent there. but <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's but, what this show is. It's, it's literally the show. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's your story. Um, thank you for sharing that. And I want to go back to kind of the beginning. You talked about how you'd always known that you were adopted and you wrote in your guest form. And I'm not going to assume that you wrote this very recently. I'm going to assume that it came a long time ago, but you wrote that (laughs) you remember understanding racism was real as a toddler. I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on that and share if, if you don't, if you yeah. don't. So like, um, I actually talked about this. Um, we had like a stop Asian hate rally, uh, obviously after Atlanta. And, um, I spoke at that just, which was like, really, I don't know why I do these things. Like I'm actually a very inherently shy introverted person. So I'm like, Mm. yeah, let me speak at a rally. Let me sign up to be on a podcast. Like who, (laughs) whatever. Um, (laughs) I feel that. I get that. I'm like, all right, here I am. But, um, I remember like our local town beach and like my dad works at the town and like my mom's like, you know, it's a very small town. Like people know each other, but I remember being on the beach and I was like, must've been, I can't remember how old I was, but I like one of the first things I remember is a kid came up to me and was like, Oh, like, and like, you know, made the Asian accent kind of thing. And was like, why is your face like that? And Mm. I was so little at the time though. And like, you know, the parents are parents and like, the kids were like, oh, 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 that's so cute. And like, you know, at this day and age, people probably wouldn't laugh at it. But then it was just like accepted. And then I was like, oh, I know I look different than everybody else. So there's something different about me. And that was just so formative for so many parts of my life. And like, you know, I think we all still go through it and just like doubting ourselves or like feeling like an imposter a little bit. And it's just it was just interesting. I knew that it was because I looked differently and there's nothing that I could do to like change how I look. Plus, I became a millionaire and like got plastic surgery, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Did that, like you said, it was foundational and really formative, obviously, at that point in time. How did that change as you got even just a little bit older? Was that something that you put on the back burner or was it something that you were like cognizant of even as you continued to grow older? It was probably something I was still cognizant of. Like I have very self-deprecating sense of humor. And I know that about myself, like, but I'll always be the first person to make fun of myself. So nobody else can make fun of me. And I know it's like to the point that it's like a fault, but I think it's very common for adoptees um, mm-hmm. to kind of do that or, you know, not just adoptees, but anybody that's like being minoritized. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was there. And I still remember like, uh, 
you know, like just like, you know, those visionettes they make you do in school or like they trace your outline of your face. And like, it was a side profile picture, mm. like the old, the black, like they put the yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like hated that. Cause I'm like, well, I know I have a flat face and that's what people told me when I was little. So I would never do that. And I would like opt out of that project or like doing a family tree. It's like, well, is that my family tree or like mm. my mom's family tree? But like, it's, it's not actually my family tree. And it's like a weird thing Or like even doing like the ABB, like in genetics, when you're going through like high school biology, like all those things. So I know I was always cognizant of it. Cause I'd always hesitate about like. Mm. doing those kinds of projects it's so interesting to hear you say that because and i've heard other people say that as well other adoptees and i like never did that i never (laughs) stopped to question it like i think about all those family tree activities or the genetic stuff like you just saying that now i'm like oh yeah i remember doing that and never i was just being like oh yeah this is like my dna with my parents and even though i knew i was adopted even though i had that story for some reason i was just like oh here's what i'm gonna do and i always i look back at those things and i'm like man you internalized your surroundings and whiteness so hard like that you were just like okay with it even though it was not okay ever like as that was happening just like i don't know it's just i hear those things and i'm like man i wish i even had that little bit of cognizance because i don't know how different my life could have been had i just even been slightly more aware so that's like one of those things though like when you're talking um i was doing an up project and it was like asking people what advice they'd give to their younger selves and at, you know when you're listening to other people do it and my, I was like man if I just had like if I could go back and talk to my younger self and tell myself to own everything that makes me weird I would be like so much happier but instead like when I was having that like thought process that you're talking about Patrick like I literally would just be like oh so let me hide this away from myself and I think mm. that was like so detrimental to like a lot of my like foundational things I don't know I'm not a psychologist so yeah that's why I love that book, uh, Eyes That K- Kiss in the Corner. I read that to my mm. daughter. Oh my all God, the time. I sobbed when I saw that in Target. This is so embarrassing. I like <laughs> literally went, I was in Target and I was like having a day and I was buying my friend like a baby shower book or something. And I saw that this book was at Target and I just started crying in the middle of the store. And like, I'm not a big, cry- like, I cry a lot during like movies, but like life events, like, I usually don't get too upset, but I was like in the middle of Target, like, this is so beautiful. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> like, like I think you know I've got like a like a thing of like popcorn or something like that. I'm holding some like like t-shirts from Target, just sobbing in the, the middle of the aisle, and I was like, this is cool. Well, it's funny. I mean, people don't understand that there's so many triggers too that that just would never we would never realize. I think even I, I mean, as a child, I never realized certain things until later when I started talking about it, started hearing about it, started listening to, you know, podcasts about it and stuff. And those when when I started being aware of of things like that, it just I, I don't know, for some reason, those those certain triggers now I, I am aware of I look for they don't, they don't affect me as much anymore, which I think is great. Um, but when you see them, I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's that's a new one. I was like, I wonder how I would have reacted to that like when i was in high school or when i was you know still in the fog or when i just would i just would have made a joke about it or i would have moved on so one of the things that we ask on our forums that is mostly just for us but i always really like reading it and i like (laughs) like your answer is how did you hear about the show and you were like i think i literally just googled Googled. korean (laughs) podcast which is really awesome um but i'm curious what was the yeah i was like hooray um what was the like your awakening moment in terms of asianness and adoption i know that you said that you had some like some 
core memories essentially when you were younger. But what was the thing that like led you to be like, I want to need, I need more podcasts from a different perspective, from my perspective, maybe. This is okay. So I don't even know. I went down like a, this is awful. I listened to like the true crime podcast and like, I feel some sort of uh, way I'm judging myself. Rel- we are a true crime podcast. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I'll, never- <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't be consuming this as like a good person, but also like, I, I come <laughs> like, I think of it as like a form of self-defense where I'm like, like if my husband's not home, I'm like putting bars in the windows. And I'm like, he bought me a t-shirt that said neighborhood watch. Cause I'm always watching, like I have windows right in front of me and I'm like, Oh my God. I actually called in a fire so the other day, though. This. I was like, okay. I am I am prepared for Neighborhood Watch. But anyway. Did you I, have your Neighborhood Watch shirt on? I should have. I really should <laughs> I was, I was like, the guy's like, I'm like, I'm sure a bunch of people called this in. He's like, no, you're the first person. I'm like, I'm successful as Neighborhood Watch. <laughs> but I was like, all right, maybe you should like expand your, you know, your listening into something a little less uh, gruesome. So I was like, oh, let's listen about some Korean things. And then, um, yeah, I was just listening. I saw that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I started listening to your podcast. So I don't know when I definitely started. I don't know. I don't really know when I got into like my Koreanness. It just, I feel like, is a gradual. I'd been kind of, um, I do a lot of sharing stuff sometimes on like my Facebook because, or like Instagram or whatever to people because I don't know if it's something that people think about um, all the time. So when I was seeing like an increase in, Asian hate crimes and this was before Trump like this was like going years back um just living in upstate New York basically (laughs) I just wanted to share like information though so people can consume it because um I want people the ability to have the information to make their own choices and thoughts and feelings about it so you know well I think we can say that we don't want anybody to be racist if you feel one way or another about a certain topic that's kind of up to you to make the judgment. So I don't want to tell them exactly how they feel, but like, I like to base a lot of it in like facts so people can make an informed decision on their own accord. We're never going to agree. We shouldn't all agree on everything, but that's where I started like really delving into it. And then I guess I realized like growing up, I didn't know much about um, like Korean history or just like different aspects of what it means to be a Korean. So that's where I started kind of digging into it more and trying to find more alternative um sources for it um i'm 36 so when i was younger like the internet like i grew up with the internet i was a freshman when facebook was created so like i didn't have all the resources that some people had you know and like and so it's kind of cool to see people do these things (laughs) nathan you're definitely the youngest here i don't know what you're saying (laughs) the interweb but just stuff like that i don't know i don't really have like a defined date i guess or like thing that like sparked it but yeah yeah, I'm, it's, I mean, we joked about it a little bit, like when you went to college and you were like, oh, white people. Yeah. I mean, more and also a specific kind of white people. But like like for so many people, um, that can be the time because like for, for some, it's either it's because it's the first time they've been around other people of color or it's just the first time that they're like really out of their parents' shadow. Um, and I think that like, especially for transracial adoptees, like the the shadow of your parents can really go a long way in terms of preserving kind of your headspace. I was just kind of curious, you know, what led you to, um, to think about that, to, to be engaged in whether it was Koreanness, Asian Americanness, adoptee-ness, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff. So, but I, I also really love hearing that it was like, I don't know, it's just kind of always been a slow burning thing. Cause that's, I mean, that's how it was for me, uh, for a long time. So I totally, totally get that. 
it's just like I don't know like I always had I know it's probably like something that was like planted in my head because I did see the picture but I have like a memory of being in like a crib as a baby in the foster home I know that's not true mm-hmm. I know my mm-hmm. mind like probably created it but I always saw like a Winnie the Pooh on the wall and stuff like that and like I and it was like it looked different like it wasn't like an Americanized version but I actually like in my foster family photo there's like Winnie the Pooh on the wall and I'm like so I either saw that somewhere or like I just like made that scenario up. But like I always wonder like when you have an image in your head and you don't know why it's there, like I think that helps ground it. So I again I realize that babies at like six months old don't like see colors and shape. I don't really know. I don't have kids, so I don't know. I don't know what kids do, but kids do kid things. And I'm sure yeah. at that age you don't actually retain that information, but like I have the image in my head. So Yeah. Do you feel like your journey to exploring like your Asian American Korean identities and then your adop- your adoptee identities and then any other identities that you might inhabit or hold, um, do you feel like that's all happening concurrently? Or do you feel like it's like for me when I started, it was, oh, I want to learn about being Korean. And then it was like, oh, wait, no, I got to learn about being adopted. And then it was like, well, now I want to just broadly do Asian American stuff. And then I kind of finally figured out how to do move through all of those things together whether it be at the same time or one or the other um do you feel like you're able that you've been exploring those things kind of at the same time or does it like one comes one goes situation um so the adoptee aspect of it i have been trying or i was like start searching for my family and like some history um Mm. and that i would say is a separate arm of it than just being adopted which i mean it's obviously part of being adopted but like that it's just a separate journey in self you can discover about what it's like to be adopted without doing the birth search aspect right mm-hmm. um i've really tried to for my own like mental health i've been trying to flip the script on um what i consider to be in a korean american adoptee um i try not to i first and foremost i think i've said this to you before patrick like i am <laughs> korean mm-hmm. um i believe that that's what we are we're two hundred thousand adoptees across you know, the world. So I like to think of us as like a little invisible island that we all lived on. So like if you can be Korean and from Jeju, why can't we be Korean and adopted? So like I don't like to say that I'm Korean, but oh no, no, I'm adopted. I, I think it's important to say that, you know, we are a part of history. There was colonization and like historical things that impacted how we got to this place. So that's what I try to focus on instead and like see how all the other implications of war and just different ideologies and impacted us. So like, I don't know, I've been very active in saying that I'm Korean. And then if people ask me like, Oh yes, I am adopted too. But it's not like a, just because we were adopted and we don't know like the language does not mean that we're not Korean. We're literally a part of the Korean history. Like the whole thing, like uh, you were saying KJ about like Han, like, like, I feel like this is a part of it. Like that's part of the history where, you know, we were taken away from our home. So that's my own little, (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) I'll get off my little step stool there, but uh, no, I love that. Great. I love my f- favorite definition of Han that I ever heard was from a Korea Society podcast. Uh, Professor Peter Shin, I believe, he said it's all he defined Han as a loss of identity, a loss of identity because Korea as a country literally has been split in two, so it doesn't have this whole identity. It hasn't for a long time, and everyone that's been born in Korea since that time has like had this foundational loss of identity at their core. And when I heard that, I'm like, holy shit, that is like this experience of being an adoptee, of being removed from here and losing that identity, losing specifically that cultural and ethnic identity. And so, yeah, I love, I love what you say about it. Like we are for sure Korean. We're Korean enough. We always have been, and we are a part of that history. I think naming that specifically is really important. Like 
part of the history because we don't talk about that history too often. You know, it's because it's seen as like a blemish or whatever it might be. Yeah, and I've, it's been really good for me as a person to say it that way. I was like joking with some, I forget who I was talking to, but I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, like I love the Olympics. It's like one of my weird things that I'm like obsessed with. Um, you and like the rest of the world. <laughs> I'm like, no, like I'm like all into it. Like my, like my husband was like not super into it. And I'm like, no, we watch every, every hour. Like it's on at 2 a.m. And he's like, oh, okay. But you know how like they have like the, like the Olympic team for a country. I'm like, that's what adoptees are. We're like our own Korean, we're not part of the national team because we don't live there but like we've got our own like little flag that we do by ourselves so Mm. i think it's so powerful too to hear like what does it look like for us to start defining ourselves from a place of plenty instead of from a place of other or a place of less than and a place like like it's so easy to be like well i'm korean but which is immediately like negatory like you are immediately detracting from yourself and like actually this is the wholeness of myself is i'm korean and you know, mm-hmm. and I think that that's that's really powerful. So I love the idea of of flipping the script and seeing as you say that more often, how that changes how you think about yourself, how you hold yourself, how you uh, are comfortable in your own skin, uh, which I think is is really wonderful. Yeah, I'm gonna stop saying but because I've done that in the past where I said I'm Korean but I'm adopted. Mm. So I like. Thinking of the way that you said it is Korean and I'm adopted. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to change that. From, I'm going to change that. Mark my words from now on. And then never ask me. Boom. Now is Boom. The point. You heard right it here out. first, folks. <laughs> Incredible. So, speaking of, of Korea and um, exploration, uh, you recently made a trip to Korea, correct? Yeah. We went in um, December, right after Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas, and then throughout New Year's, which was really cool. So we did Seoul, down to Jeju, and then Busan, which is where and I was um, allegedly adopted from. So that was awesome. Really mm-hmm. loved it. I miss the food every day. <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, have you, when did you start getting into Korean food? Was this, uh, I mean, I'm comparing the Korean food, and I don't know how it is in New York, um, to being there. I know it's more authentic, of course, tastes so much better when you're actually there. But um did you like a lot of korean food in new york too yeah like but like i feel like there's like more um there's a lot i love soups and like mm, they're like yes. you know it's like very korean to love soup apparently but like there's so <laughs> many options for soup and like here you don't get as many or right. like um we've got a great restaurant by us that has like smaller dishes but like it, you know it's, you're not gonna get the breadth of the, the options that you have there and just seeing like the specialties like there in Jeju, there's a soup. It's like gogi guksu, which is literally like a pork soup that's only made in Jeju. And when I, I like, I don't even know how much of it I ate. It was so good. <laughs> I just like, kept plowing it down. I'm like, I couldn't possibly eat anymore. But yeah, bring some more over. So oh, that sounds great. Yeah, and soju and uh, beer were a lot cheaper. So <laughs> like that too. Much yeah, cheaper. Pork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Um, who did you go with, and what? besides it being where you were born <laughs> what like made you decide to go back to korea so like we i i love when people are like oh have you gone back to korea yet like it's a cheap thing right like we're yeah, allowed like to like go so back casual like, and no, i like you've been to korea yeah and i'm like it's so <laughs> the flights are so expensive like it's wild so this is my first time back i went with my husband um i thought about doing an adoptee trip but then i decided to not do that for my first trip there because i want it to really resonate with what Korea meant to me and how I felt there without other people's outside impact on it. Um, so I know other people like doing that. I just was like, 
sometimes too when I get I get overwhelmed I just want to be like okay I'm just gonna go like stand in the corner and I didn't want other people to like feel like responsible (laughs) for me when I was doing that um but we yeah it was we did I like did I'm a I joined goal so I don't know if you guys know about goal but like that's a wonderful program and um I talked to some of the people there about like trying to find my family um that's like the most depressing process in the entire world I feel like and frustrating too so but um yeah we really liked it it was um I don't know if you guys experience this but like <laughs> at some point like every once in a while like again I'm not a big crier my husband's like not used to seeing me cry ever we've been together like seven years and like I just started having a meltdown he's like are you okay and like I don't cry like aggressively I just like I know I'm saying all these times I cried, but I guess that's Single what happens to me. But yeah, he was, no, he was like, you just have like a tear running down your face. And then you're like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> He's like, it's so weird to see you cry though, because I don't do it very often. But just the very mundane things is what got me. Um, sitting, like I was sitting on the subway and like, you know, it was all Korean people. And I'm like, man, like, would I have hated myself less growing up if I was surrounded by people that looked like me and saw all these different versions of like beautiful people that like just have different features than what I'm used to seeing and like, had racial mirrors so that was interesting and like um we went to jeju and did like the sunrise thing you know like for new year's eve like they go and see the sunrise um like for the turning of the new year yeah yeah so like and like i guess it's a tradition i don't know we just decided i was like i think it's a tradition so we're gonna go (laughs) and we found (laughs) this beach and it was beautiful and we like scouted out that I'm a planner. So like the day before, like we scouted out the location to see how far away it is and whatever. So, um, but we came run, like running around the corner. Cause I'm like, Oh, we're like cutting it a little bit close. Like I think the sun's coming up. And all of a sudden there was just like a crowd of like 200 Koreans. And that was so overwhelming to me, but to be doing like a Korean activity with like my people, I just started crying hysterically again. And again, I swear I don't cry a lot. I know I'm just, <laughs> crying all the time. but it was just so like powerful to and like I just felt like home to me and I don't know how to explain that to somebody that's not adopted because they always feel at home I feel like you know when you're like at home and in your house but like Mm -hmm. being in the country I was like no this feels very like at peace with my soul so it's like growing up or going back to a childhood home I feel Mm -hmm. like is like the closest similarity except you have no memory of it you have, well, I mean, maybe it depends on how old you were when you were adopted, but like, so you have little to no memory of the place uh, and really anything about it, but your body knows and your body remembers. And I think that that, like, yeah, one of my, one of my friends, she was like, I don't know, just sitting on a bait, not sitting on a bench in Jeju just like feeds me because Korea sees me in ways that I've never been seen before. And so it's, I think it's incredible that you got to experience that. That's, that's really fantastic. Well, I think there's like a spiritual familiarity because I think a lot of people just assume that like, if you're a person specifically like a person with a global majority and you're here in America, like you can just go back to wherever that your eth- ethnic or racial Per place comes from community is from uh, country of origin. Sorry, I don't know why I was having so, so <laughs> trouble thinking of that. Um, you can just go back to your country of origin. And it's just like okay, you ha- you can just do that. And in, like you said at the very beginning, it's expensive to like go travel outside of this country and to go to these places. And the opportunity to do that all the time is very limited to like a very select few people who have the access, the time, the resources to be able to execute something like that and then do it in a way that's literally 
can be meaningful for how you want to do it. I've been talking about my first trip back to Korea a lot leading up to the second trip going to ICA. And I've been telling people, you know, I, the first time I went, I went with a program. And unfortunately, it was really short. And being in Korea was great because I felt like that spiritual familiarity and like my soul, like this is where this is home for me. But like the program itself, it felt like I was on a school trip. Like I didn't have, it wasn't on my own terms. It wasn't like my trip to go back. And so like, I'm really treating this time as almost like my first time back, like to really be able to experience the country in a way that you just can't when you're on a trip like that, when everything's plotted out for you, when you don't even have time to process or even like shed the tears that like I would want have wanted to have <laughs> shed while I was over there um, because it's just like so structured and so rigid. And so I really appreciate you sharing that because and hey, I'm super emotional. I cry all the time. I cry a lot in movies and I'll just make, <laughs> I'll just cry about something on the side of the street if I see it and it makes me emotional enough. But like being in Korea did give me like that spiritual, like that's where that emotion was coming from because it felt like that loss of identity, that Han was getting replaced kind of by like, I don't know if Jong is like replacing that as like something like the opposite antithesis of it. I don't think it is. They're two separate concepts. But anyways, like it just made me feel whole in a way that I don't think is possible to experience if you're not adopted. And one, if like you really aren't able to access that, the opportunity to go back. Like, I think even just like I've, we've talked to some adoptees who have stepped foot in the country and didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like they have a really antagonistic relationship with the country. And I totally understand that. Like, mm -hmm. if that's how if that's your experience, 100 percent valid. And I think that, you know, we have to there's got to be ways that we can make it more accessible. And I feel like you have been doing just from my following of you, like a lot of your work is based in like community care and like helping other people find either empowering them to do whatever it is that they want to do, or I don't know, just whatever it is, like just helping people move along in their careers and their journeys, whatever it might be. Um, can you talk a little bit about how your personal journey has intertwined with your work or vice versa? Yeah. Um, so backstory, but like, I always wonder about nature versus nurture and I'm sure like you guys do too. Like, um, and I 100% know that there's things about me that are my nature. But then there's certain things like my mom is one of the most giving community minded focused people in the world. Like if somebody like her friend needed to like go to the hospital and she like brought her every day for like treatments and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, mom, that's a lot. And she's like, well, why wouldn't you do that? Like she doesn't have mm. like she doesn't have a lens where you're not doing the right thing for somebody. And I think that's like so wonderful. Um, so she's really like imparted that onto us uh, growing up but um but that being said I think um I'm a part of a fellowship right now and we're like we're, we were just doing like our assessments and like that was like one of my grounding things about my personality I guess is that I really like giving back to the community so if I'm not tied to something and I don't feel like it's helping me create a better place for either my like not I don't even care if it creates better it's like nice if it creates a better place for myself but if like it helps other people then like I feel like I'm doing what I should be doing um, and I've had like a, I'm plan events, plus I'm an events director, um, for a living. I've done other things too, in like project management, but that's really like, I like to create spaces for people to kind of come together, share ideas. And, um, if I can't do something, like I hope I'm connecting two people so they can make something happen, um, for the greater good. And I just think that's like a really cool job to have. With that being said, I 
quit my job. <laughs> so I'm currently a lady of leisure and I'm making the world a better place by, you know, walking my dogs around the neighborhood every day. But, one, you know. one dog walking at a time. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I'm a one lady who lunches. Fire reporting at a time. <laughs> one neighborhood watch uh, success story at a time. Start a professional neighborhood watch program. I'm going to brand it. <laughs> Start a league. Yeah. A league. I don't think that's how that works. Could be. We'll try it. <laughs> so what's next for you personally as you like continue to engage with the community? Like what are you hoping to do from an adoptee standpoint? And I guess what are and a follow-up aside would be what are you hoping to do from like a Korean American standpoint? Um from a, I just, I don't know. I feel like my big thing is just like again, like owning my Koreanness right now, and that's what I'm hoping to impart. Um I like got into a fellowship for the council of Korean Americans, um, their net Cal program. So it's like the next generation of Korean American leaders. Um, we're working on like community projects for there. And that's been really cool to, um, hear other people's experiences about being Korean and like you're actively talking about it. Um, I sometimes volunteer with gold house too. So I like really just like, yeah, I just like to volunteer for all this unpaid labor. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just try to do whatever I can to like, help people with whatever my skill set is like I'm working with um a nonprofit here locally that's like a BIPOC um LBGTQ plus organization and they need help with like their July fundraiser so that's my skill set that's what I'm trying to do so I don't know I know I cannot solve the world's problems but I can at least lend my skill set to whatever causes I'm passionate about yeah absolutely how um how is this might be related to this quote but uh now that you've been back from korea for i guess what is it, six months now how much of that trip has like continues to sit with you six months on in a way i that you think about like it is... every day like yeah. is that weird <laughs> like i don't know no, i just like every day at all. Yeah. yeah but like if you had to like think about like one or two big th- maybe that's like presumptive of me but like one or two big things that like when you think about Korea, when you think about like who you are now, what sits with you from that trip in terms of shaping what you do these days? Um, it was very just peaceful sitting on the beach in Busan every morning for me. So like my husband would go to the gym, um, good for, good for him. And I would like take <laughs> beach walks, um, and just like sit on the beach and like sit in my thoughts. And that was just like, so calming to me so like I almost think of that as like a centering time for myself now when I want to reflect on it I actually like taped the beach one day so when I need a moment to calm down I can just like watch that video and it just brings me back which I think mm. is like good for me for having that foresight yeah um, that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, and then um I've like I so I've gone through the process where they like have sent letters to my parents, um, my biological parents about like reaching out. My letters got rejected. That was like a whole other process where like very, that hits you in a way that like, I don't think people can understand like the pain unless they are adopted. Um, But they didn't want to respond to my letters. I actually didn't even tell anybody about it, the process or that I got that back from them for like a while. I didn't even tell my husband. He was just like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. So let me be. Um, because I want to sit with that. Um, and then I guess I got like a vague definition of where in uh, Busan 
my family is, and I guess they still reside there. So we went there and I actually thought that's where I was going to cry. I was really good. I just ate like, like just stress ate a bunch of candy. The entire time we were walking <laughs> around. Like soup. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you just give me food. Like there was like these little gummy bears and I ate like the entire bag and like, like, and I was like, I, we have to leave. But I was like, for me, that was very, um, it was very stressful because I kept looking at everybody's face and being, I just saw a post on Instagram, somebody being like, are you my father? Like mm. I literally, every man I'm like, would I have married you? Are you my dad? Are you my uncle? Are you my neighbor? Are you my mom? Are you my sister? Yeah. And like, I literally was like, I'm like, I have to get out of this town right now because it's super overwhelming. And I always look for, I actually haven't found somebody that I feel like looks like me, even though everybody, you know, <laughs> everybody really says we all look the same. I don't feel like I've seen somebody that matches my features necessarily. Um, so like I was kind of looking for that in that area and I didn't find it. So I think I've just come to terms with the fact that I'm um, solo dolo and <laughs> this is what I look like. So. <laughs> <But> <laughs> uh, so that is another thing. And I don't know if that's like a positive feedback from it, but it's just like me coming to terms with the fact that I like probably won't ever have any answers, but at least I could kind of see where I was from. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's so important too, because you, I mean, it's common in like large scale and mass stories to hear stories of reunion and all those kinds of things. And yet, like we know that statistically, that's just not the case for so many people who decide to go on that search. And I think that they're like, what's maybe the more important story is to say like, all right, so you received a rejection letter, you found out that your birth parents have passed, you have like found you like whatever it is, like there are so many different points of complexity to um, Korean adoptee stories. And like, how do you deal with the fallout of that? And especially like in, in situations like for those of us on the show, be like, all right, so we have a spouse who is not adopted. And if we go on that search and we get the bad news, how do you deal with that with your spouse? It's obviously like, I married you so I could share everything in my life about you. And I can't deal with that yet. Or, and it's not not at all like that part of that relationship or, you know, those kinds of things. And so I think that, yeah, just that that idea of how do you get to the place of, living in that gray space of i hope and i may never know and so it's like i don't actively think about the hope uh and i you know like just that it's just that weird of like yeah maybe giving up still holding out hope i don't know you know and, and just sitting in that and and being okay sitting in that i think is really important too and and i think that to have the the beach in busan as a as a key takeaway and also i think just the stress of busan as a as another key takeaway like we're made by all of those things and so yeah thank you for sharing that it's um i actually had a conversation with my husband too so like we have very like the love languages like he's like definitely more like affectionate and like will tell me things where like i i was like when i'm gonna be really stressed out i'm gonna re like retreat into myself and you just have to know that's not you and you're gonna have to let me be like that and i'm like mm -hmm. i'm not trying to be selfish but like i have to be selfish on this trip so you have to give me the space to um I mean, like that's why he let me like not let me go like let me do things um <laughs> that's why he went to work out he went to the gym though he <laughs> yeah. was like because because you could see like we stayed on a really nice the paradise hotel in busan like it's right on the mm. beach you literally walk out the door oh like, yeah on the i know what you're it's, talking about yeah it's like beautiful but i was using my um hotel reward points for like a couple other stays so i'm like you know what like basically this is like if we like get a bougie or a hotel 
that and like use my points for other ones like it kind of evens out to our trip yeah. budget um which it was definitely worth it because they have a wonderful spa but he could see me from the like so, you know i wasn't getting like abducted because you know my true crime <laughs> podcast but, <laughs> but he could see kind of where i was and he was just like he's like i'm just watching you like picking up shells on the, the beach and like just having your the time of your life with like the old men uh, the, i don't know if you guys have seen this like in korea but like they were just screaming at the beach every morning and we couldn't tell if they were like happy or joyous or like upset but it was just like i'm like yeah that's what i aspire to interesting <laughs> old men were screaming at the beach yeah i think they were just like greeting the ocean like literally uh, like yelling at the ocean and i was uh, like that seems so cathartic i, really I, I was just thinking i'm that. like i kind of love that i'm like, like i need they, to be doing that were they in track suits or did they look yes, like they actually 100 okay. were in track suits right, and i was like just really really makes my day so maybe he was angry. very interesting <laughs> I, would, I need i need to go there now and have someone translate what they were saying i know they were like too far i think i feel like my Korean's like really bad, but I feel like I could have picked up on like one or two things. But they were like kind of far down the beach. I was like, I'm not gonna get in your your screaming way because like you've got uh, an orbit that I don't need to cross <laughs> into. I need to understand this practice and then go participate in it. That's why I was like, my husband's like, next time we go back, you're definitely gonna be screaming at the water. I'm like, yeah, I you're wish like, I, I gotta get my screaming tracksuit on. <laughs> I am I mean, like Eddie Murphy yelling out the window in New York. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Sorry. Man. No, it was really cool though to just go and see it and like watch people. If you guys go though too, I highly recommend going between like Christmas and New Year's. Things were like empty in Busan. Like it was so like nobody was on the beach in the morning. I was like, this is amazing. Hmm. So I also really don't like the heat. So like my friend so is the cold was doing it for you. Yeah. Like my friend's volunteering for Ica and she uh wants she's like, Why don't you come for it? I'm like, I think I would die in the summer. So bless you, Patrick. Oh yeah. Like I'm a, I sweat when it's like two one percent humidity. So I'm about to be just covered in sweat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's gonna be like, so much fire. Give me all the G gay for sure. Give me that good soup. <laughs> I need the good soup, that's for sure. Um, Buy some good athletic Korean athletic wear. Yeah, I don't know if I have a question. I just wanted to say and just affirm kind of what you were saying about these feelings. You Because we talked about a couple different things that adoptees would be uniquely resonant or resonate uniquely with. And I feel like that's the importance of the community specifically. And for people who might be listening to the show who are on their journey wherever you're at and just feeling very... I know this journey is very individual and can feel very isolating and alone. Um, I just wanted to say like those feelings that you have are shared and that you have this community here whenever um, you're ready for it, whenever you need it, whenever you're ready. I think that's, and I wish that I just had that out in the airwaves in the nineties, in the early aughts when I was growing up. Because I just needed to know, like, oh, okay, it's going to be okay. Like, you talked about if I could go back and tell my younger self, you know, some, give him some advice, that would be it. And I bet my younger self would be like, get out of here. Like, we're all good. We're, we're, we've internalized really, really fine. So, um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that because I just feel like I'm resonating with a lot of the, especially those feelings that you had, like, going back or, like, throughout your journey of, of, identity and things like that just really resonating with that wanting to just push that out a little bit further to the people who are listening and anybody who might eventually listen you know it's Jew, it's 
2023 right now. If you're listening in June 3033, <laughs> I don't know why I went a thousand years ahead. I meant to go 10, <laughs> but I went a thousand. <laughs> You're forward thinking. You're forward thinking. If you're in the new millennium. Sorry. I just, I just, I just want to say that. I just, I don't know. It was just caught up in my brain and I wanted to get it out there. So thank you, you also, for sharing these things. Yeah. You also yeah. said the early aughts, which is something I've never heard anyone say. What? So. I say that all the time. You do? Wow. Yeah. It must be like a younger a, thing. Like a, no, it's it like must a, be a younger see, thing. I think of it because I love the music man, the musical. And he's like, I graduated from Indiana university class of odd five or whatever. Uh, but he's like talking about like 1905. So yeah, it's casual. Uh, I, don't uh, know. I like that. I like the How old you guys are, but I will say this. I have now accepted that I'm like old in the fact that like my old coworker had to like translate TikTok to me. And I was like, I'm like, what is oh, this? You've mean? passed like that, like cultural. Yeah. yeah I'm like not yeah, cool You're anymore. on the other side of the cultural fence. So yeah. this one... <laughs> <laughs> this one kid I work with, he he's like ten years younger than me. And he he's the sweetest kid, and we're like on Microsoft Teams. And he messaged me something, and I was like, "Oh, could you send me this, this, and this?" And he goes, "Say less." And I was like, oh, "That's so like, rude." Uh, and I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, "What is like? Am I, am I talking too much?" And I was like panicked about it, and I'm like, "Hey, what does that mean?" And he's like, "Oh, that's like say no more." And I'm like, "Oh, good, 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 cool, cool." And he, <laughs> <laughs> or somebody else said something about riz and i'm like i don't know what riz is i'm gonna be honest so i googled it and it's like the plural of rice and i'm like i'm pretty sure that's not it <laughs> <laughs> so i text him and he's like oh it's short for charisma and i'm like cool cool i'm so glad that like <laughs> <laughs> the plural of rice i've entered this little stage of life where now i'm like the old <laughs> yeah. that's the nice thing about having a, a partner who's a teacher of middle school kids because you just stay mm. up oh, to date on all of on it. On all the lingo. Yeah. yeah. I remember I when I graduated college, I was like, oh, yeah, oh. Urban Dictionary, just in case. Yeah. Just in case. Dictionary. But at this but point in my life, accurate. I'm like, I don't even care. Yeah. I'm just There's like, There's like you too know many what? things on Whatever. it, though. Yeah, everything has like 30 <laughs> definitions. I'm like, I don't know which one's the real one. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's how I know I'm past the, I'm past fence number two is I just stopped caring at this point in my life. Yeah. So me, I stopped looking it up. I'm just yeah. Gonna, I'm just going to nod. Yeah. And then I'm going to pick little things that I like and maybe try to use them. And if I feel foolish when I say it, then I won't use it again. But great. Nathan's over <laughs> here like, no cap. No cap. <laughs> no. Great. Con's going to be a great time. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I wanted to ask you, Nicole, about. Something else that you wrote on your your form, which I realized you filled out your form. Yeah, yeah, you filled out your form a while ago. So this may have changed. And if it if it has changed, we'll just cut it out, and this has never happened. But um, you wrote um, in terms of is there a particular moment or memory you've related related to these topics? Uh, understanding my fear of rejection and adjusting accordingly has been a personal accomplishment. Do you still feel that that is true? And can you share? your win i guess so i think it's like super severe for not all adoptees but some a lot of adoptees right about um like you always i think it a lot of it's giving me a lot of goods i don't know i like to always look on this like silver lining of things but like it's giving me the skill set to like always observe my surroundings i'm pretty good at like adapting to different situations i'm good at reading people um and i think that's an adoptee skill like there's studies mm -hmm. about it saying that's true so i know i'm not just like bullshitting here i'm, I'm allowed to swear oh yeah um, yep. go nuts okay that I mean, a lot, maybe not. <laughs> i'll, I'll, you know I'll keep i'll go keep nuts. PG. i don't care <laughs> <laughs> but um one of the things i know i do a lot is i'm like oh my god like that person like didn't text me back like they must hate me what did i do wrong and like i would sit and obsess about it for days and just feel so awful about it and then 
Um, and then I got out. I think it also comes with age and you're like traveling and seeing the world like other people have other issues going on. So sometimes like, oh, hey, maybe like so-and-so is just really busy at work and that's why they didn't text back. So like I, I still have those thoughts, but it's like the process that I put through to say like, is so-and-so not responding to me because they're really busy or did I like, do you actually do something wrong? So like just talking yourself through that process versus like an automatic, because everybody's going to have their gut reaction to everything, right? You're going to mm-hmm. automatically think that you did something like in a certain way and just taking the like time to sit and think about if it was me or if it's an external factor. And I think that's really helped me to be like, oh yeah, like we're good. We're good. <laughs> Versus like panicking all the time. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's like, it is really difficult, especially like when you still have those gut reactions to be like, no, I mean, yes, but also breathe and then <laughs> move through and realize that maybe they're just taking a nap and that's why you haven't heard from them in five hours. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's all fine. It's yeah, a long nap. Like, the negative, you know, the it's negative nighttime. talk. Try to just, like, take it out um, out of my... It's okay to do it. It's just, like, recognizing that that doesn't mean that it's reality because you're, what you're saying to yourself is not mm-hmm. true, so... Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I just, the things I've come up with to, like, process my life is interesting, but... Yeah. Well, those things probably will help one person listening to this who have similar thoughts. And they're like, I'm trying to figure out different ways to process. Like, again, the beautiful part about community, people who mm-hmm. people share and you pick up on like Nathan, pick up on little tidbits and you try it out once. And if you feel embarrassed, you don't try it again. <laughs> yeah, he's going to okay, stop saying but and he's going to start saying no cap. I'm saying <laughs> No cap. No, see, I still see it feel weird when I say no cap. I, kind of, I, I think I think you got it. I think you're pulling it off. Yeah, dude. Best. Yeah. My kids aren't old enough to be embarrassed by me yet, so yeah. <laughs> I know that you're you're counting down the days. <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It's been a real pleasure to listen to your brain and listen to your body and your feelings and all those kinds of things i think that the the diversity in stories we hear um is a real privilege and and you are no exception and i think uh, especially for nathan and i both to have like have like an immediate personal takeaway to be like you know what i'm gonna start considering my identity from a place of of wholeness and completion instead of like starting you know and like saying and instead of but i think is is really powerful and it's it is one of the, the reasons that we do the show is so we can hear stories just like yours of people who have found their own wisdom, their own ways to cope, their own ways of moving through the world uh, through this wonderful thing that we call being adopted. So uh, thank you so much. And we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we're jumping in with a drink, I think. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yeah, never Probably know. a yes. drink. Yeah, it's probably a drink. We'll find out in like a second. Anyways, here, just roll the, roll the tape. Welcome back to the John Chi Show food portion. You'll notice that I am not Nathan because he had to leave for the mountains. So Nathan is currently in the mountains and we will see him later, but we are so happy to continue to be here with Nicole. Okay, I'm just joking. We've jumped a couple bit of time because we had to wait on this snack to arrive to Nicole's house. So hopefully it was worth the wait. Uh, hopefully it was worth the wait. The, <laughs> the conversation was definitely worth it, uh, but we'll see if the snack was worth Lives the up to it. extra week in time. So, Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to join us again for this lovely treat. Of course. 
Um, okay, I don't have the package in front of me. Yeah, I was so. gonna say, Nicole, did uh, did Nathan send you a package or did you just get like the the stick? I just got sticks. Okay, cool. So this is the other downside of <laughs> the way we do the show. <laughs> yeah. Now that Nathan buys all the snacks, he has the original box, and we're just left with whatever he sends <laughs> us. And this time, we all got the same thing. So there's not really a lot to go off of. Uh, but we're drinking uh, a Dia special coffee. Um. And it's a, a powdered coffee. Um, Nicole, what's your experience with powdered coffees? So I thought I was going to hate it, but I actually am really lazy and do not like cleaning out my French press. So mm. when I am like, oh, I left my grounds in it from yesterday, then I I, I tend to do these. Uh, but we don't have, I actually looked um, at the store. We don't have this brand by me. We have the Maxim Gold one. That's the popularized okay. one. Mm. I'm trying to think, I think we might have done... Uh, powdered like instant coffee before we did. on the show, right? We did one so time a long time ago. Maxim. And it actually tasted pretty good. I remember. What I, what I appreciate about this is it's 6 p.m. my time, so I hope the caffeine <laughs> content's not too high so I can be wired before I go to bed. Well, that's what, we, that's what we discovered last <laughs> time. It was like half the cup of coffee, like in one packet. So I feel like that's probably the same again. Uh, what we were talking about before we hopped on here is that I am going to be learning Hangul soon, but do not currently know it. So I don't know what I was reading on the package. I just poured it into my cup. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So before we started recording, uh, Nicole, I also heard you say like, I've got, I'm going to go get my hot water. Uh, Patrick was like, I've got boiling hot water ready to go. And apparently, well, actually, can you read Hangul? Uh, yes. I don't know. My vocabulary is that of like a three-year-old. So okay, like, but can you read are- this? Yes, somewhat. So it's like idea superstitial. I don't uh-huh. know what that is, but that cool. Yeah, I don't know what these words are. That's fun. So okay, in Hangul, it's idea, which is the name of the brand. Hmm. Special cold blender, which oh, is, is supposed to be Kongle. cold. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A special uh, cold blend. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Which is just really funny. I was like, as the only person, since none of us got the packaging, and as the only person that can read Hangul. Like, y'all got that hot coffee, and I got that cold coffee. So all right, all right. I'm wondering if Nathan thought it was hot coffee as well. I, he didn't say. I don't, know. I don't feel like he said. That's Here's um, the other misstep. I, because I knew it was cold, I just, like, filled up a cup of water. My cup is 16 ounces, and I poured the first packet in, and it seems a little undersaturated. So now I have mm. to go for a second. Yeah, but I have no like idea because there's no cup. instructions. I'm Googling yeah, so. it. I'm cheating. I'm drinking out of my... Oh, we don't have our cameras going, but I'm drinking out of the... Oh, uh, a Nikki, Nikki Offen cup. cup. Love it. Friend of the show. Um, am I... Am I mean, my spoon is steaming hot still. Steaming so. hot. I'm having trouble mixing it because... I've got the cold. According to um, Walmart.com, the official Whoa. authority of everything yes. Korean, apparently. That's true. <laughs> I've heard that. Yep. It's a uh, gold blend. Gold not- blend, not cold blend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess in, in proper Konglish, if it was the hard K, coal, like kyuk, the- then it would be, yeah, the extra line, then it would be cold. But yeah, so maybe it's a gold blend. So maybe I'm in the wrong. Yes. Oh, gosh. You're in the wrong. All now right. you're going to drink... Room temperature coffee. That's probably not great. <laughs> I feel like that's how I drink all my coffee anyway. So. It's not Room great. temp? Yeah. I'm like, oh. I gotta have that hot stuff, to be honest. And then I chug. If it gets any colder than hot, I'll just chug it. It is, uh, 
Yeah, it's not not great at slightly cold temperatures. Can I ask your opinion on this? So, like, I see sometimes, like, I'm, like, slightly a germaphobe, but I see sometimes, like, on the shows how they use the packet and then they stir their coffee with it. But I'm like, but what about all the hands that touched it? What about all the hands? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm. You know, pre-COVID, I'd be like, yeah, no, it's just, like, that makes it's economical, right? And you're just like, <laughs> you've already got the thing. Post COVID, I'm like, yeah, those germs be nasty up in there. So I definitely feel that now. I went direct spoon. Didn't even think about using the package. Yeah, but see, like that if you're on the go Korean. and you don't have a spoon around, <laughs> maybe you're like wiping down the packet with like a Lysol thing, but then you got like Lysol like cleaner on it, and which honestly, also sounds disgusting. So honestly, if I didn't know that, I probably would not have used the package. No spoon, would have used my finger. <laughs> I would have just stuck my own hand right in there. That sounds more sanitary than the yeah. package. I don't know. Yes, it depends on what time of day it is. Mm. I'm enjoying this. It's okay. Got like a little chocolatey flavor to it. I, I right. think I need to put less water in it, or double packets, maybe. So that's that's what. Yeah, I was like, mm. I've put in two packets, and I don't know if it's not mixing well because it's cold or what, but I feel like I could use a third packet. It's a little under a third packet. Just to get proper saturation, I'm not actually going to mm. finish the cup because it, it is late like, in the I'm afternoon on, and I would like to sleep like a normal person. I'm on one uh, packet here, and I feel like that's appropriate. Well, apparently, <laughs> I guess you got the right ratio. Yeah, 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 water ratio. Yeah, yeah, My old job, I was working in a um, long time ago. I was working in like a healthcare company, and we had a really shy guy that worked with us. And he like mm. never talked to me, and I was like, it's okay, like, hi. And he'd like <laughs> run away. Okay. But then... One day he came up to me and he was like, Nicole, like, I'm slightly concerned about your health. But I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> and he's like, I watch how much coffee you drink in a day and I'm convinced you're going to give yourself a heart attack. So if you could just cut your caffeine consumption. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, OK. So I actually Man. actively tried to drink less coffee while I was still employed there. So I was like this poor shy guy that probably took like all of his effort <laughs> to come up and say that to me. So I should respect his wishes. Well, I mean, but also like, why is he watching you all drink coffee all day? It's you know, like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> maybe he maybe he watches everybody drink coffee all day. That's a good point. He's got so. a co- he's got a little notebook. He's just tallying up hours he on just coffee. Takes he notes. went to you because you were at the top of that list. Yeah. He's like, oh, making, this girl. making his way through the list. Yeah. That's um, incredible. Okay. How how do you prefer your coffee, Nicole? Um, so if I, I think we allude, well, I alluded to this earlier that I am now in my thirties and I am, um, aging. So I have to now put a little creamer to coat my stomach, but I usually, I used to drink it black and very strong. And now my stomach is very sensitive and Mm. I love getting older. It's such a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we say. Maybe that's what's happening to my stomach. Mm -hmm. I've cut back on my coffee consumption considerably in the last three months. Like That's I only good, have like three cups now. I was, I was legitimately like, worried about you. <laughs> yeah, I was the Nicole of the John Chi show when it comes to coffee consumption. Yeah. So that was intense. He'd be, it would be like 6 p.m. and he'd be like, yeah, I'm on my third traveler's mug. I'm like, you've had 32 ounces of straight black coffee. And like, I mean, yeah, that's the, best, in, that's the only in way. In four hours. I'm like, in four hours? I mean, at a certain point, your body just, it's not even like affecting you. And yeah, you're just no, like mean, the caffeine that just it. sustains your where you are at that level. <laughs> yeah. So I needed to wean off of it anyway. So <laughs> it's fine. Um, right. I felt like I had to cut the packaging open on this. Did you feel like it was hard to get open? No, you just rip oh, it. I, I couldn't I didn't rip even mine. try. I definitely just cut it. Oh, okay. Oh, really? We always do. Uh, we do package rating sometimes. It says easy cut. So oh. that's why I just followed the instructions. I was like, I tried to tear it on I'm both gonna... ends and it wouldn't tear. 
You have and, to do it like, oh, I thought it tripped pretty easily. Uh, for the listeners, it says easy cut in English. So that's not like a, <laughs> a flex of my Hangul reading. <laughs> mm, yeah, easy cut, easy cut. Um, but yeah, so the other thing about these mixed coffees is I feel like, especially with one called uh, Gold Blend uh, or Cold Blend, whichever you prefer, probably Gold Blend, uh, it's going to be heavy creamer. And I don't love creamer. I prefer a black coffee. Actually, I guess I say I only put creamer in a coffee if I think the coffee is poorly made or like the beans are bad. Uh, so typically that's like a, a downgrade for me. And I don't, I, I wish this didn't have creamer. And also if it didn't have creamer, it probably wouldn't have that much coffee in it. So um, yeah, that's kind of my, that's a good my point. overall take. I don't think that we, I've seen the single serve coffees like the the instant coffees without creamer in the packaging. Like the yeah. one we did last time had cream in it. Oh, yeah. And, and this could definitely looks like it. I mean, I now that you're saying that, I'm like, okay, I saw the white stuff in there too. So that had to be the cream stuff. And yeah. it definitely has the look. I of, think Maxim has one without... Um, interesting. I'd be interested to try that. Sugar. That's the word I'm looking for. That's yeah. my sugar without emotion. The, without the thing that makes it sweet. <laughs> Yeah, I I'd say this is like, I'd say it's like 50, it's like a half and a half, almost. Like a half coffee, half creamer. I don't like my coffee super sweet, though, either. So Same. that's, that's yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. So uh, let's jump into ratings. Uh, Patrick, why don't you go first? How many uh, gold blends do you give this out of five? Uh, I'm going to give this three and a half gold blends. I think it's just, a, it's a solid cup of coffee, but it's not spectacular. Too much cream. Definitely too much cream. And that's about it. Good piping hot, I will say. Very good piping hot. Tasted pretty good. All right. Uh, Nicole, what about you? How many easy cuts out of five do you give it? I'm going to say two, I feel. Two? Yeah. 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 I wouldn't. I like the other one. I get better. Okay. I think. But yeah. All right. I, You're like, like, if two, I had made this in a French it. press. Yeah. Maybe it would have dissolved. I just don't want to. No, and then I have to clean it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it all dissolves. It's fine. It's just to make sure that it all gets mixed in. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to give it a two. I I will acknowledge that there were a number of faults made on my part because I thought I was smarter than everyone error. else and was just wronger than everyone else. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of like it's definitely like that instant milk, what are, like powdered milk situation for cream. Uh, and then it's a sweeter thing anyways. And it's just for me, the ratio is all sorts of wrong. So it's like only like the watery bits. It's like when you get a, an iced coffee and you finish it and then th all of the ice melts, if you were to drink that again, that's what I'm currently drinking. So Interesting. it's not great. Uh, and I, I realize that's my fault, but such is life. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to say a two. I can't imagine it being that much better if it was hot. Um, <laughs> y'all are making me want to amend my rating. I mean, also, too. No, I'm just kidding. Live, I'm sticking with truth, I'll, I'll maybe go three, but I'm yeah, sticking yeah. with three or and above. Three, <laughs> three and above. Yeah. I'll Anywhere from three, three to five. I yeah. don't know. No. <laughs> and then give a moment. Any taste. Incredible. Uh, well, Nicole, thank you so much for coming back and hanging out with us and, and for telling us your story and the listeners' story. Um, really love to being able to, to hear that. Will you tell everyone where they can find you and interact with you if you are open to being interacted with? Nicole, but N-I-C-O-L-L-E. 
Yuri, B-E-A-U-R-Y. And I have two L's in my name because my mom set is corny and adorable and thinks that I have two mothers in the world that loved me. So she wanted the two L's in there. So that's why oh, that's... Oh, two we L's didn't even for get into love. That. Yeah. Wow. I gotta talk to you about I gotta talk to you about something off air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's an off-air conversation. That is an uh, off-air conversation. Subscribe to our Patreon, our non-existent Patreon. You could probably hear it. Um like just, uh, they'll just conference call you in so if you, you know what you uh, should start it your investor like the lowest investor level could be this coffee packet <laughs> higher <laughs> memberships get higher rated snacks <laughs> it's really funny making your way up to i wonder what the top tier snack uh, would be the 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 Kosami cracker oh yeah that's true we've, we've referenced that cracker like... for probably 50 weeks after <laughs> yeah that these super, things, super these are awful i love what them the heck are those? um they're like hey, i know do. you guys can't see it it's like literally just korean um i don't recommend them but i love them i eat these like crack are it's they like, like corn, corn balls yeah and it tastes like basically like fruit loops but they always taste stale even when i got them in korea they tasted stale and i don't care i love them and i'm like why am i eating those like i ate an entire bag though um because i was like stress eating from being in korea and now it I just always have these. Now they're back with you. But they're stale. I don't know why I I like them. I want to relive the stress with stale corn balls. (laughs) I feel like most people will rate it like a one, but like, I don't know. It's just a a random comfort food. It's It's a a random comfort comfort food food for me. That's really funny. I would probably eat the whole bag too. The sweet sounds of the Busan shoreline and also these stale (laughs) corn balls. Yeah, just popping them. I like that we nearly identically said, are those corn balls? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Oh, that was great. That's awesome. Uh, well, yeah, thanks so much and, and for coming on. And uh, and we'll link all of your handles in the in the show notes so that people can get the spelling right and interact with you that way. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us at John J. Show, wherever, you, wherever we are on the internet. Uh, you send us an email to Show at gmail.com. You can leave a, a voicemail. We actually have one uh, that I'm excited to play, but you can leave us a voicemail at 972-677-8867. Leave us a rating or review. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the coffee hasn't kicked in yet. You can leave us a rating or review at uh, any place that you can do that on any podcast platform. Um, just anywhere that accepts reviews, please just, review our show. Just go on to Yelp. Just, yeah. like, create a physical location <laughs> for us. And then, like, yeah, leave us a Yelp rating. Um, you can support the show by going to judgeshow.com slash support. Our store is up and open, I think. I'm, like... 80% sure. I don't know. I'm waiting for my credit purchase to be rejected or <laughs> succeed. We'll see. I may or may not have a new shirt. Who knows? Uh, but that's johnsonshow.com slash store. Um, you can find me at KJ Rilke in the world. Nope. At KJ Rilke, wherever I want to be found in the, on the internet. Uh, you can find Nathan at nnowak on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, yep. And then Patrick, where are you at, bro? At Patrick in the world, pretty much everywhere. Wow. I apologize for the hot mess, but we got here. We're at the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Nicole, for being on here with us. And until next week, John Chi, hey Hey <laughs> But like real old, hey <laughs> Like prospector energy, you know? Uh, it was good. <laughs> you, got through, you got through it. 